Welcome to From Ashes to Beauty with John Ortberg. Each day, Monday through Friday, you'll find 10 minutes of relevant spiritual guidance on the kind of people we are becoming. Follow us on YouTube at becomenew.me or receive daily text alerts when a new episode is published by texting the word BECOME to the number 56525. Invite a friend to listen along by sharing this podcast or sharing the link becomenew.me. We're glad you're here. And now, here's John. Before I say anything else, I want to mention that on Friday, we're going live. 7 o'clock California time, wherever you are in the country of the world, you can adjust that. Um, I hope you'll join us. You'll be able to put comments in the chat line, see whoever else is here. And I, I do want to say just a huge thank you. It's been a, a strange journey for me because when I say these words, I'm just looking into my telephone. And yet I have had the strangest sense that I am not alone and that not only am I walking with God, but that I'm walking with a community. And I think about so many of you. I've heard from so many of you. Cy, I think about I'm praying for your sister and Jimmy for your brother Eddie and my cousin Danny and your journey and Barbie and Carol for your wonderful note. Uh, so many people, when we did that survey last week where folks would talk about what might keep them from entering into community or disclosing fully. And uh, many of you were uh, very courageous and brave and raw about uh, the recognition of personal inadequacy and what the withered hand looks like in your life. And somehow I gained strength from all that. I don't understand it fully, but it's true. So thank you. And uh, join me on Friday morning if you can. Part of what we learned yesterday is the power of the ask and this amazing truth that asking unites, demanding divides. And this is because of the nature of personhood and the will. When I ask, I stand together with you and we look at this desire of my heart and I'm vulnerable to you. When I demand, I'm here and you're there. And I was talking this morning to a very good friend who is in a situation in a business where somebody came in with a demand and they just blew up the relationship. And if they would have come with an ask instead, because that reflects the reality of God and how the kingdom and persons works, it all could have been so different. Uh, I've been reading a book by Michael Gill called How Starbucks Saves My Life. And he talks about how previously he had been this very willful, uh, high-powered figure in advertising, lost his job, ended up working at Starbucks and learned humility. And one of the things that he discovered at Starbucks is he said they would never command people. They wouldn't demand folks just because I'm the boss and you work for me. Things would come as a request because that communicates a sense of honor and respect for another person. Asking unites. Demanding divides. That's why Jesus does not say, demand and you will get, overwhelm and you will obtain, grab and you can possess. He says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. This is a, a law of how life works in the kingdom of God, where personhood and will and love are the deepest reality. And that brings to what I want to talk about with you in the few moments that are left to us today. And it has to do with the nature of persons and the kingdom of asking, where we humbly ask God to remove our defects of character. 
You will go through your life, you will go through this day, and so will I, in one of two postures. I will either be willing or I will be willful. And I can think about those two with uh, gestures with my body. Uh, to be willing is to live like this. I am open. I am receptive. Uh, I accept reality. I am willing to surrender to God and to the good and to let go of my desires and to let go of uh, whatever it is that I demand in the moment. So I can go through the day like this or I can be willful and then I go like this and then I tense up and then I clutch and then I must have things the way that I want them to be and I must possess and I will evaluate other people based on whether you help me get my will done or whether you resist my will. And if I don't like the way that things are, I'll pretend like they're not that way or I will demand that things become the way that I want to be. I will walk through this day either like this or like this. And if you try both those ways, you will discover very, e very uh, easily this is an exhausting way to live. We were not meant to live willful lives. We were meant to be willing. The will was designed to surrender before God. And so today, in my relationships, I want to live like this. I want to ask and unite with other people. Um, when it comes to money, I want to live like this and be grateful for what I have and generous and let it go easily. When it comes to the situation in which I find myself, I'm discovering that, that when I resist my current situation and insist that my circumstances must be the way that I want them to be, I've got to have my old situation, my old job, my old condo, my old family, my old whatever, then it's exhausting and I'm not able to live in the moment. And when I just pause, your will, not mine, be done. May your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. Then I am able to live with power in this moment. Gerald May was a psychiatrist and he wrote a book on will and the spirit and he begins with this distinction between willingness and willfulness. And he starts with a quote from Doug Hammarskjöld. Hammarskjöld was the second uh, Secretary General of the United Nations, the greatest one that it is known. Kennedy called him the greatest statesman in the 20th century. He was Swedish, of course, and great statesmen tend to be Swedish. And Hammarskjöld has a quote that begins Gerald May's book. He says, I do not know who or what put the question. I do not know when it was put. I don't even remember when I answered it. I only know that at some point I said yes to someone. And from that hour, I have been certain that existence is meaningful and therefore my life in self-surrender has a purpose, has a goal. I said yes, I am willing. Yes to God every moment. Now, this idea of being willing before God does not mean being passive or being a doormat or having a weak will. In fact, uh, you might think about the will in this way. I have visual aids today. Um, a will can be either good or bad. It can be oriented towards God, love, truth, or it can be oriented towards ego, self, greed, deceit. And then also, a will can either be strong 
uh, firm and resolute and committed, or it can be weak, very easily swayed by other people or pressure or circumstances. And so this will give you four different quadrants and you might think about these people in it. Uh, a will that is well intended, good, but weak would be maybe Hamlet in that story, to be or not to be. I don't know, he has a difficult time making up his mind. Wants to do what's good, but he's easily swayed. And then uh, a will that is weak but bad might be Pilate, if you know he's the politician in the Gospels who washes his hands and uh, because he primarily wants to be successful in his own life, he is willing to be part of the crucifixion of Jesus. Uh, a will that is bad and strong would be uh, Hitler. And uh, there's a quite famous, very chilling documentary that was made by uh, German propagandists in 1934 about Nazi Germany. It's called The Triumph of the Will. Uh, evil always demands a will that is both strong and oriented towards the bad, and it will glorify the human will. The human will, apart from God, the stronger it is, the more destructive it can be. But then uh, the will that is strong and good, that's Jesus. And he lives with open hands, with willingness before God. So now, as I walk through this day, I don't clutch, I don't insist, I don't resist, in my relationships with other people. Maybe somebody has something difficult for me to hear. Maybe I get a bad review in my job and willfulness would say, this is not fair, I don't believe this, I will give my boss a piece of my mind, which hardly ever works really well. Willingness says, um, I'm open, I'm curious. I know that I'm loved by God. Must have been hard for my boss to say this. And it's true my relationships with other people. And it's true in my possessions, my circumstances. A will that is strong and surrendered in the service of the good. Uh, if you've ever seen the movie Raider, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, uh, there's that ending scene where one of the characters is desperate to get the Holy Grail. And Indiana Jones is holding on to her and says, just let it go. And she says, no, I got to have it. I must have it. And she falls to her death. And then there's another rumbling of the earthquake and Indiana is now trying to reach for the Holy Grail and his dad's holding him and India says, I gotta have it, dad, I'm almost there. And his father says, let it go, son. And his father's voice is clear and the father's hand is strong and Indiana lets go and he is saved. And the irony, of course, is that what he's trying to grab onto is the Holy Grail that is the cup from the Last Supper. And it's there we see ultimate willingness that's where Jesus says, Father, if it's possible, may this cup pass from me. May I not have to suffer. May I not have to go to the cross. Nevertheless, not my will, yours be done. And the most fervent prayer ever prayed by the greatest man who ever lived receives a no. And because Jesus is willing, humanity is redeemed. Today is not this. Your will be done. All day today, your will be done. I'll see you live tomorrow.